Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. Say goodnight to this one! And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Light it up on a Thursday, Thursday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Normally, we're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com, but not today. Wherever you're listening, and I do mean this sincerely, however you're listening, there's only one way you're listening right now. Thank you so much for being a part of today's presentation of Light the Tower on the Horn. I am Jeff Howe, Craig Way out today. Cameron Parker behind the glass. Not going to lie. I'm out of breath. Uh, <laughs> Those stairs will get you. Dude. Every single time. That sucked something fierce. Cam, I'm not going to lie. That was rough. That was bad. Um, so we have no specs text line today. 337-3776 is normally the number that you would text to be a part of this show. Don't have that today. No phones, no internet, so we're just winging it. Thank you, those of you listening, continuing to listen on 104.9. Uh, if you do, if you are listening and you've got something, you can hit me up on the uh, on the old Twitter machine at JeffHowe247 on Twitter. It's for 20, Horns 24-7 and 24-7 Sports. I kind of get annoyed when people say 247 Sports, but it's whatever. Uh, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter if you got anything. Um, Cameron, where, what are you on Twitter? Cameron D. Parker. There you go. Cameron, I'm not joking, man. I'm out of breath. Dude, that, that sucked. Power's out in the building. That means the elevators are out. So I'm uh And we're on the top floor for those yeah. who haven't been to the Westlake Horn Studios. If you haven't been to the air and compound. We are on the fourth floor. So yeah, I'm a little out of breath. But uh Cam, you holding up all right? Yeah, it was a little chilly. Reminded me of some some campy nights out at Big Bend, except uh you have Dave Williams. Sleeping next to you, Joe Spoon, or across the across the hall. No spooning. No spooning. You didn't spoon for warmth. No, nope. my camping bag kept me nice and warm. No, so, so no, like nobody that. had nobody had to be the little spoon no. or the big spoon. Fortunately, not. Okay, thank God. You know the difference, right? Can you yes, the little, the little spoon. And the <laughs> yes. big spoon. I didn't know if you guys like were going to do that and just form like a big ladle or what. Well, uh, Dave texted me that Bob Cole, of course, Bob Cole. Coke FM that he was going to maybe come in at two or three a.m. I asked Dave, well, you know, 
his show doesn't start till 6 a.m. So, like, does he want to cuddle or something? Why else does he <laughs> want to be at, at a studio with no no power yeah. or internet or heat at 2 o'clock in the morning when you can just be at home where I'm assuming Bob does have power? I know a lot of people yeah. here, Ty doesn't have power. Uh, Jeff, how, how are you and your family doing down there? Avoid uh, avoid any big tree limbs, any injuries to your bursa we're sac? Good. Yeah, we're good down in my, my bursa and other sacs on my person are just fine right now. Uh, shout out to Craig. Hope the elbow is getting better. Craig can't listen to us right now unless unless he can pick up the terrestrial signal in Morgantown or Pittsburgh or wherever they're flying out of this morning. Uh, Craig can't hear us right now. So Craig's dealing with that bursa sack injury from his fall in the parking lot. What Cameron, what day was that? Was that Monday or Tuesday? I don't even remember. It was at this Tuesday. Point. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday? Okay. And it's today. He got it wrapped up. He sent Thursday. a picture yeah. to the, the horn group chat, if you call it. He got wrapped up, man. Look like a look like a baseball pitcher day after like a hundred and three pitch outing. Got that thing wrapped tight. He looked like Roy Harmon does during the bench like timeouts <laughs> when she's got like seven ice bags and a heating bed. Yeah, Craig uh, Craig's rough, but he's he's doing okay. He took took a n- nice little spill in the parking lot the other day. Um, but no, my family and I are fine down in Hayes County. I did I did notice this morning. I'm gonna drive out. Everything's starting to melt now. So that's good. They're just like the. It's good in one sense. The bad sense is there are just massive sheets of ice just falling off of trees and power lines. So if you're out walking about today, the sun is starting to come out, Kim. It's trying to come out. Uh, just be careful and, you know, don't need to take a hospital trip because you got hit in the head by a big chunk of ice. So uh, everybody just be careful, whatever you're doing, especially shout out to those uh, electric crews. If you're working for Austin Energy or any of the power companies trying to get power restored uh you know shout out to you folks out there working hard out in this weather uh you know that's work cam that i uh i know i couldn't do it's interesting i was thinking about this this is like randomly the kind of stuff i think about during times like this like lines of work like being electrician an electrician or somebody that works for the power company like those kind of like hard labor jobs Seems like the workforce for those jobs continues to shrink. Yeah. You know? And it's one of those deals like, look, man, as long as we're, I think about that too. Like, my older brother is in a great line of work. He's in the HVAC business. People are always going to need air conditioning. Yep. People are always going to need heat in the wintertime. So that's a good line of work to be in. Uh, as long as our cars continue to run on fossil fuels, people are going to need mechanics. If you have a problem getting your doo-doo water to flush, people are always going to need plumbers. Like, it's just there's some of those trades that are don't need to be scoffed at, man. Those are good, hard jobs that serve the community. So uh, shout-out to those folks working with the electric company. If you're out working at all, shout-out to you folks, especially, like, uh, trash people, trash collectors. Mm. I don't know if they're working right now, but, man, that's, those, are, those are tough jobs, man. Uh, so shout-out to you folks. Uh, Cam, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I saw this come across the Twitter machine this morning. Uh, were you aware of the uh, news revolving around, and I say this because Cam is, uh, like, I know for if you're a baseball fan, you're a seam head. What do you call golf fans? Is there a term you use for golf fans? Hmm, that's a good question. I got to think about that. I don't know if there is a a distinct term for golf fans. Well, we'll figure one. But I am one. I am one of those. Cameron is one for sure, and we'll get that figured out, but, uh. Cameron, did you see the news that Austin is losing Dell match play after this year? Yeah, um, it's kind of been talked about the last few years, depending on their contract with the Austin Country Club and with the PJ Tour starting the shuffle. 
their schedule around thanks to live golf and other factors it kind of seemed like it was riding on the mm-hmm. wall um, unfortunately that sucks for Austin because I think it's such a great tournament here so this will be the last year at least scheduled year that this there, there will be a Dell match play yeah. championship at Austin Country Club seemed like the whole world the WGC events period are going away yeah they've started to um, kind of take them away there used to be five or six WGCs every year um, the WGCs for those who um, aren't golf fanatics basically so the official world golf rankings decides who gets into these events Mm -hmm. but now with uh 50 or 60 golfers in the world going to live and if you play on the live tour you can't receive world golf ranking points so that basically means the wgc's which was designed to have all the best golfers in the world playing these events now it's kind of like well we we have some of them not all of them yeah so it kind of made sense that eventually it would kind of dip away and now the pga tour is going with these elevated events which is where they try and get the P- the top PGA Tours players to still play in them like it was, I believe, last week at uh, Torrey Pines. Did uh, This is a dumb question. Did Tiger ever play Adele match play? Yeah, he um, he, he won a lot. Um, there's a, a couple famous comebacks, a couple famous, uh, I believe, he won a match 9-8 and eight at one point, which means the match was over on the 10th hole. Okay. Or 11th um, hole. Yeah, I. Match, he's a match play magician. Yeah, that's one of my uh, that's one of my regrets that I never took the opportunity to see Ty. Granted, by the time the Dell match play came around, what was the first year of that, Cameron? You remember? Oh, twenty at Austin. Yeah, I think Jason Day won it. Uh, I think it was like 2014, okay. 2015. Basically, we were we were long past prime Tiger by the time yeah. he came to our Fairburg to play golf. I believe I don't know if it's the first one, but twenty. Uh, 20- 18, the year he won the Masters, he played in it, and that's when he knocked off Roy McIlroy and lost to Lucas Beauregard. I believe it was in the, the final eight or the final four. I think it was the final eight. That was the most live I've ever seen the Dell match play before. <laughs> I mean, there was people walking around in, in tiger like like tiger costumes, like the actual <laughs> animal and stuff. It's it awesome. hasn't it hasn't been the same since Tiger. And obviously Tiger Woods is going to bring a lot of a lot of people to the golf course. Even oh, yeah. if you are, especially here, like, you know, if you're not a golf fan, you hear Tiger Woods is coming, you're going to go see Tiger Woods. Like the same thing with LeBron James. So one of my big regrets is I never, I didn't get over there to watch Tiger. And I had, it's it's weird, like with my with my sports heroes, Cam, I I, I just kind of got it on the short end of the stick. Like uh, I, I had once upon a time, I was a senior in high school, and uh, I had tickets to a uh, Spurs-Wizards game. I think this was Michael Jordan. I think this was his first year with the Wizards. And like two days before the game, it was announced that he he had, I forgot what the injury was, but he wasn't even going to make the trip. Rest management? No, he had like a legit injury. I think it was like a hamstring or something. And he wasn't even going to make the trip because he needed a rehab. And I'm like, well, uh, so there goes that. Not going to see Jordan. I had two opportunities to see Ken Griffey Jr. Once when he was with the Reds playing in Houston, and he had a hamstring injury right before that series and went on the DL. And then I had tickets to see the Mariners, his final run through Seattle, and he retired like the week before. Oh. So, yeah, so it's 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 been it's been rough. So chances to see Tiger, Jordan, Ken Griffey Jr. didn't it just never happened. Well, now if you're an NBA fan and you. You go to your city, or your city, and you're, you're a player you want to watch comes to it. There's yeah. a sixty percent chance he doesn't play. I'll be in San Antonio Friday. I'm thinking about going to the Philly game. It's like, well, there's a good chance that Embiid or Harden do not play. That's just 
unfortunately, that's just the way it is with uh, load management now in the NBA. Now, fortunately for most of the other sports, there's a good chance you're going to see your superstar, but NBA seems to be the most affected by it with a lot of doctors and whatnot saying it's better to rest your players throughout the year and then have them gear up for the playoffs, even though Kawhi Leonard's on that every single year and he still finds a way to miss extended stretches of time. (laughs) So in 2019, my daughter was like a year and a half at that point. We went to an Astros-Angels game because I wanted to be able to say, I don't remember it, but I was at a baseball game where I watched Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah. She won't remember it. I will, but just wanted to be able to say that. So I thought that, I thought that was cool. But Did yeah. Otani pitch, or, or was he the bat? Uh, Otani was the DH that night. I, it, there was a run, I swear, of like 10 Astros games in a row. I don't know what, what it was, but I just happened to be admitted made on a day Justin Verlander was pitching. Seriously, like for like a three-year stretch, like every Astros game I went to was a Verlander start. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but I'm glad it did. That's not too bad. Including uh, game one of the 2017 ALDS against the Red Sox. Mm. One of the loudest sporting events I've ever been to. I'll tell the Altuve three home run game. And thank God we don't have the Specs text line right now so you can save your trash can jokes for uh, for later, for another day. Somewhere. I'm trying to load up on my laptop. Uh, my personal hotspot's not doing too hot. So. Is, that, is that the ding I heard back there? You get the... Yeah, we got Craig Way letting us know his updates. He just left Morgantown, I believe. Uh, or on their way to Morgantown, departing in, you say, 38 minutes? Uh, 38 miles south of Clarksburg, and Clarks, they fly back. Clarksburg, West Virginia. Cameron, you ever been to Clarksburg, West Virginia? No. Unfortunately, I have not. Should I? Do I need to add that to my bucket list? No, I don't think so. I don't think you're missing a whole lot. I've never been to Clarksburg, and I have no reason to. I apologize for the scratchy throat and sounding a little hoarse this morning. I just... I don't know. It shouldn't be allergies at this point. I think I just caught like a little cold. I don't feel like feverish or anything. It's just all like a congestion up here. So uh, we'll have a Longhorn Notebook coming up next segment. Uh, we'll have Inconceivable. Cameron, we're able to do like all our music beds and whatnot. We and are. All that fun stuff. Okay. Just know we can't have anyone call in, unfortunately, and we have limited access to the Internet. So we have a we have an interview from Craig Way with Sonia Morris from last night that I think I can pull up off my laptop and play. It's just 60 seconds after UT knocked off the Mountaineers Let's last night. see if night. we can do that. See, see if you can get that right now. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was a good win for uh, yeah. Vic Schaefer and company. And normally today would be our weekly visit with Vic Schaefer. That is obviously not happening today. But uh, the Texas men and the Texas women, both in first place in the Big 12 on both sides. Uh, and Texas has that big two-game stretch in the state of Kansas, the men do, coming up this weekend, Saturday at K-State, then a big Monday game at Allen Fieldhouse against KU. Uh, so we'll we'll preview that. We'll get more into that tomorrow. Uh, just not a whole lot to talk about today. I'm assuming there might have been a Rodney Terry availability, uh, even a Zoom availability today. That was That's normally when it would happen. But, again, people dealing with power issues, Internet issues, I have not seen anything come down that we will meet uh we being the uh, the beat media will meet with Rodney Terry today. So that's just uh, the state of affairs here in the greater Austin area. Hope everybody out there, wherever you are, hope everybody's doing well. Um, also, just want to send a shout out. If, you, if you're without power, without uh, water, whatever the case is, hopefully uh, you and your family are, are doing fine. Uh, you and your loved ones are, are well. So just want everybody to make it out of this as safe as possible uh, with as little hassle as possible. I know there's some folks that have been without power for two, three days now. Uh, I know we won't have a Longhorn Blitz podcast this week, unfortunately, because the studio that we normally use next door to record that is pitch black right now, except for the window and the sun shining through the glass. Uh, but we won't be able to do that. Matt Butler is in the group with those 
in and around the city without power right now. Uh, so no Longhorn Blitz podcast this week, unfortunately. My apologies about that, but we're in a situation where it's out of our control. But we'll be back on Tuesday and uh, bring everybody the normal Blitz. Uh, I don't even know what we're going to do for station format tonight for shows. Uh, I'm assuming, I don't I don't know if there's going to be a lot. Cameron, have you heard any plans for Longhorn Weekly tonight? Like, I have no idea what's going on at this point. I think we're just taking it hour by hour. We, our hope our hope was that we'd have internet back sometime yesterday before Ball Don't Lie started, and then it was Flex ATX, and then Fight Night, and Sports Guys Talk Wrestling, and now here we are uh, 30 minutes into Light the Tower, and still still nothing like most of the people, unfortunately, out here in the Central Texas area. Yeah, So, but we'll, we'll have a Longhorn Notebook coming up next segment. We'll have one at the bottom of Hour 2, Inconceivable. We'll have a Flex update coming up in the second hour of the program. Uh, Cameron, you... Uh, any thoughts from you? From I know National Signing Day has come and gone, and Texas still waiting on – they're probably going to be waiting a while on Deuce Robinson. Uh, Warren Roberson is supposed to, I believe at this point, announcing on Friday, announcing tomorrow because Red Oak High School has been closed. The, the Metroplex has been worse off than we are. I talked to my man Mike Roach, uh, who lives in the Metroplex. He's been stuck in the house since Monday, so getting a little stir crazy. But did you see the pictures of one of the Dallas freeways just completely shut down, covered in snow, and cars just littered everywhere? That yeah. was Tuesday night. Yeah, it's been it's been rough in the Metroplex. Uh, but so Texas waiting on those two guys, and again, Deuce Robinson. Deuce Robinson may not sign a national letter of intent, and honestly, as I said before, like I wouldn't if I was him. You lose all your leverage when you sign that national letter of intent. He may just enroll at the school of his choice this summer and just sign some scholarship paperwork. But Cameron, I, I, I was the feedback we were getting on the flagship message board is, man, this is uneventful. This is slow. I'm like, well, you can look at that as two things. One, I think it was slower for Texas fans because a lot of them were stuck at home with nothing to do and would have liked some news yesterday. But the other thing is, Sark and company, they got their work done on the high school front in December. And Sark even said during the December press conference, which, by the way, there was no Steve Sarkeesian press conference, in case you're wondering, I haven't seen anything from that. I didn't hear anything. Well, that's because the press conference got canceled because of Internet issues. It was supposed to be in person, then it was moved to Zoom, then it was just called off completely. But they got their work done on the high school front in December. Sark even said at that time that, hey, it's kind of all about the portal at this point. Yeah, We've got our running scholarship tracker and departure tracker at Horns 24-7 kind of looking through the roster. 87 scholarship players right now are set to be here this summer. Now, obviously, all 87 of those guys won't be here because you can't go over the 85. But, Cameron, just any, any residuals from a pretty slow, uneventful National Signing Day as far as Texas is concerned? It's a good thing it's slow for Texas on National Signing Day because that means that Sark has his class wrapped up, right, by early signing day, and he yeah. feels good about where he's headed into spring on the staff. And also with the transfer portal, I mean, that changes everything, right? He went out, he got uh, A.D. Mitchell from Georgia. There was thoughts about would Texas add another receiver. Well, he got A.D. Mitchell. The safety position, he wrapped one, up yeah. with Catalan and then picked up a hopefully Warren Roberson Friday who would add more to that safety class with Derek Williams and then, of course, the DB class with Malik Muhammad. And then – Added a punter, Ryan Sandler. Yeah, you need, Stanford. You need a punter. You need a punter. Punters are people too. Uh, and then Gavin Holmes. Yep. You, I, I just like, I like the way the staff has addressed the secondary. Like that that position group. And I know it's separate because Blake Gideon coaches the safeties and Terry Joseph, TJ coaches the corners. But the secondary was just. It was, there's no other way to say it other than just they were not good in 2021. That group just did not play well at all. And 
you know, whether it's cross-training guys or bringing in guys from the portal, Ryan Watts coming in for the 22 season about a year ago is when Ryan Watts got to campus. Who was probably their second first best player in defense last year? Um, You know what? I... I won't, Not including the front four, obviously. I guess, I mean, Jalen Ford, you probably put up there, but yeah. DBs-wise, you think Watts was number one, right? Uh, to me, it was Anthony Cook. I just okay. thought Anthony Cook yeah, was, was, was their most consistent player start to finish. And I just give that dude all kinds of props for playing the last five games of the season with a broken forearm. Yeah, that's true. I just I thought he is it's guts, it was instincts, it was... Uh, Cam, I know you weren't producing our show at the time, but I talked about it after the Alamo Bowl, like that fourth down stop they got on Washington. It yeah. Was, it just sucked that you know, UW used like six and a half minutes of clock time on a 13-play drive where they turned it over on downs. But I'm like, dude, if Anthony Cook didn't have that big just club on his arm, like he might have picked that ball off. But just you've got the big, you know, I don't know, it's like a bionic forearm or something, just all blocked, you know. Yeah, the RoboCop ham- forearm. Yeah, hampering your ability to catch a football. Uh, but no, I thought Cook was their mo- – I thought Cook was our most consistent player, but whether it's adding portal guys, you know, making it a priority in recruiting, moving guys around, changing guys, you know, Jade Barron making the move over to the star position, talking about Cook moving over to safety. I just like the fact that they they knew the secondary was a problem coming off of 21. They, they've done a lot of work to address it since then. And the good thing is, I'm glad you're at a point now where it's not just, okay, let's fire the position coach and get somebody else in here, which seems to have been the answer for the last few coaching staffs. That hasn't been the case with Sark. He's stuck with Blake Gideon and Terry Joseph, and now they're at a point where I mean, this secondary's got a chance to be really, really talented because the portal guys are going to be a nice buffer before your younger guys are ready. You get a chance to figure out what you've got with the younger guys. So he's looking up for the secondary. But we'll talk about the secondary uh, and a couple other positions. We'll kind of, I don't want to say put a bow on National Signing Day because Texas still has a couple of things out there. But we'll talk a little Texas football, uh, flip over and talk the team side because the insider is out at Horns 24-7. We'll run down some nuggets in the insider and uh, get to a few other things. We'll see if we can get some women's basketball audio at some point during the show. Uh, cobbling it together, but making it work for you nonetheless. We'll uh, get more, get to that and more when we come back here on Life the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 241. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Number one of Life Tower on the horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, with my voice cracking. You know, typically, if the uh, power was out and the water in the break room coming out of the cooler was room temperature, normally you'd be like, yeah, that's gross. 
Room temperature at this point is like 50 degrees, so this water is <laughs> perfect. It's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with this water. And we got some Brugger's bagels. Yeah, did you get some? Did you get you a bagel yeah. and some coffee? A little bagel and coffee, a little pick me up. I, I had a lot of peanut butter jelly sandwiches last night, which Can I know we, you're not a big fan. You of. are going home after this, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Get you. Do you have power at your place? No power. But I, I got to head to San Antonio this weekend for the UIL uh, regional swimming and diving meets. So I got to get something for the weekend. I'm not. I've worn this for the last two days, so it, it's time to change. I'm starting to smell a little musty. See. You're at the point now where I would say wash yourself. But you're at the point where you need to wash. That means a little more <laughs> of a thorough cleaning of the body. You need the spray down from the firefighters, you know, when you, when you're uh... yeah, that's getting washed. All all your all your crevices are getting taken care of there. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a difference, Cam, between washing and washing. Like after after like covering the state seven on seven tournament, and you get back to your hotel. Oh yeah, that's a wash. Even Texas football games at the eleven o'clock kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Sheesh, the the Alabama game. Oh, I bet that was brutal. Were you? You're I, in the I was press there, box, but I was right? in the press box. Yeah. yeah. Which, but it doesn't matter what time of year it is. The press box at DKR is always going to be about forty degrees. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. It's forty degrees in the dead of winter, and like for that. Late August, early September, kick it's still forty degrees. Same thing with the Moody Center. Like, why are you guys wearing parkas up to the press box? It's one hundred and ten outside. Yeah, but it's forty up there. So, trust me, by kickoff, we'll be regretting it. All right, uh, what we're going to regret is if we don't get to the Longhorn Notebooks. Let's go ahead and do that right now. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock. Bowersockteam.com. She is your home loan expert. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. That home loan process, hassle-free, lightning quick. Uh, Craig has nothing but good things to say about the job Aaron and her team did helping them get in their new house. It's BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock is your home loan expert. Uh, Cameron, we're going to run down some things in the Insider at Horns 24-7. By the way, if you want to know any of the staff members here at the Horn who love Horns 24-7, Cameron's dad loves Horns 24-7 because he does subscribe. I know that. Oh, more, more comments from him? Because No, I haven't seen anything okay. from your dad lately, but he did He did reveal himself to be your father. So, again, I was like, I don't know if I'd have done that, but okay. It's, well, isn't his username like – actually, I don't even want to yeah, say it. Yeah, don't even say it because, yeah, yeah, just, you know, I want to let people just do the legwork. If you want to go through and do some searches and figure that out on your own, just let them – If you want to troll him, please troll him because that would be hilarious. Because I don't can, know if he's been trolled yet. He's not on social media or anything, so he doesn't understand what trolling is, but – Can I can I troll your dad? Yes. I don't want to do that to a paying customer. I'm, I'm, I'm above that at this point, I think, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Cameron, I'm just going to read this. I'm going to let you react, and then we'll discuss it because I think this is the biggest thing in the Insider. This is our weekly collection of team news notes and nuggets, stuff from the program, stuff maybe coming down from the tower, and I think this one kind of fits all of the above. Multiple sources told Horns 24-7 this week that Texas and Oklahoma are, quote-unquote, close to an exit agreement with the Big 12 and TV partners ESPN and Fox that would allow the Longhorns and Sooners to join the SEC in 2024 instead of waiting until 2025, as initially announced. After months of negotiations, one source close to the situation said if Fox signs off on how it will be, quote-unquote, made whole financially for Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 a year early, the agreement could be finalized immediately. That's, in a nutshell, what I've heard for the last few months, is that Fox wanting to be made whole has been the big hang-up in this thing. So, 
don't know, Cam, you optimistic that it seems like there's an end in sight here to this deal? Yeah, I think so. I think Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC, ESPN, CBS, they're all ready for it. But I think that what I've understood from the Sports Business Journal, they're reporting the last couple of months, is that it's been about Fox, right? Because Fox has a TV deal with the Big 12, which includes Texas, Oklahoma, and, of course, SEC has a TV deal with uh, ESPN and yeah. CBS. Now, if you're Fox, Oklahoma, Texas is probably your biggest market you're getting from TV, and Oklahoma is the second best or second best team, but one of the top teams in the Big 12. Yeah, just in terms of brands. Yeah, yeah, in terms of brands. So why would you want to lose those two teams? Even if you're bringing in a couple more teams, sure, yeah. you're getting the Houston market, but it's the Houston Cougars, not the Houston Astros. You're getting Cincinnati and Central Florida, but still it does not compare to what For Oklahoma sure. and Texas brings. I, I, I felt like there was a point in time where you know Fox wanted to be quote-unquote made whole I was thinking, okay, is that a deal where, you know, you work it out with the SEC to where Texas and Oklahoma for the next X number of years are playing a non-conference road game at a Big 12 school to where Fox gets yeah. first saying the broadcast rights. You know, like, hey, Texas, you're going to play, uh, I don't know, you're going to play alternate between, like, TCU, Baylor, and Tech, and Oklahoma, you're going to keep, you know, you're going to alternate between – Hell, I don't know. Same thing, TCU, like maybe maybe Bedlam, even though on the Oklahoma State side, they've shown no interest about Bedlam continuing once Oklahoma changes conferences. Or whoever it is, just X number of years, you're going to play a non-conference road game, and that's how Fox is going to be made whole. Or what probably is going to end up happening is just anytime you have any form of, I don't even want to call this litigation at this point, uh, Somebody just ends up scratching somebody a big check that meets yeah. their needs, and then everybody goes their separate ways. So. I think Fox is just waiting. They want a check from Texas and Oklahoma, and it seems like OU's been reluctant to give out any checks to anyone to get out of this deal a little bit early. I think Texas is ready for it because they understand that even what you cut that check, you're going to make back because the revenue sharing you get from being in the SEC is still larger than the Big 12, even though last year's Big 12 revenue sharing was the largest, I believe, in conference history, yeah. it does not compare to what the SEC gets. I just, like for me, Cam, at the end of the day, it, it's better for, it's not only better for Texas and Oklahoma, it's better for, as they've been dubbed, the hateful eight and the four the four noobs, right? Like, yeah. you know, I just, and some of them are colleagues at 24-7 Sports, but whatever Big 12 school you're covering and just trying to, pro- and look, as a Texas writer, I'm guilty of it too, man. When Nebraska and A&M and everybody else left, you try to focus on what's there. You make the best of it. You looked at, at the time, the success, the TCU and West Virginia were having in football. Say, oh, man, let A&M and Nebraska leave. They're going to be fine. But, man, when those brands were out of the conference and where it, when it really hit me was that first Thanksgiving game when Texas played TCU on Thanksgiving in 2012, I'm like, yeah, this uh, – It sucks. It kind of sucks, yeah. Just doesn't doesn't have the same kind of. That's no disrespect to the level of program TCU is. It's just not A and M. Yeah. And as much as you lied to yourself and told you it was, it's just not. Now, I think it's different for those leftover schools. I think you have to break them up into different different groups, right? I think for Texas Tech, Baylor, and and to a lesser extent TCU because TCU's only been in the league for a decade. But really, for Baylor and Texas Tech. I think there is some of that feeling of, well, you know, F Texas, let them go. Let them go to the SEC. You know, we're, we're better off without them. And I think for the old Big 8 schools, the Kansas States, Kansas, 
you know, Oklahoma State, they're, they've got that vitriol towards Oklahoma. Well, dude, F them. Let them go. If they want to go to the SEC, let them go. We, we've got great stuff going on here, and this league is great, and we're going to show you numbers why. Dude, trust me, the, the perception of the league is going to take a hit when Texas and Oklahoma leave. Whether you want to admit it or not, the league took a perception hit when Nebraska and A&M left. It's going to take a perception hit when Texas and Oklahoma leave. It's uh, like, like in the dark night when Joker says to Batman, I don't want to kill you. We need each other. Yeah. That's what it is between Texas, Oklahoma, and the hateful eight. Yeah, you. It, it, and isn't it funny how the the only reason the Big Twelve has existed in the form it's existed in since the early part of the last decade is because Texas and Oklahoma allowed it to exist. Yeah. They could have left, and this league could have been decimated. And maybe it is true. Maybe you you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I don't know, but that's kind of where Texas and OU are right now. But I think it's just better for those twelve schools. And I think I think if you ask Brett Yormark honestly, I think he would have the same answer. Like, look, you've got your 12 schools for the foreseeable future. Build your own identity around this league. Your However you want to brand this league, whatever stylistically you want to say this league is, just go on with your 12 and build it and just let Texas and Oklahoma go because Texas and OU don't want to be in the Big 12. The rest of the Big 12 doesn't want Texas and Oklahoma there. The quicker the divorce happens... The, the better off I think everybody's going to be. Everybody, it's it's one of those deals. Cam, you ever known a friend who's been divorced or known anybody that's gotten a divorce? My parents. Or anybody that's, well, sorry, sorry to step into that. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Sorry to I step said into that bear trap. Yeah. Uh, but no, or like a, a you know, you're, yeah, yeah. you got friends that break up. Friends, and, parents. And, and, and you just tell yeah. you, you just tell them like, look, you're, trust me, you're both miserable right now. You're going to be much happier when this is done. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, everybody is much happier once things are finalized. I think that's where this is going to be. But it seems like legitimately, according to our sources at Horns 24-7, there is legitimately an end in sight for Texas and Oklahoma to be done with the Big 12 by the end of twenty, by the end of the 2023-24 athletic year and be heading into the SEC in the fall of 2024. I'm excited about Texas going to the SEC, not just for football. I think I'm more excited about it for baseball. Yeah. All, all around, I think the one conference or the one sport that it's gonna will miss will be basketball because I know we'll have Tennessee. I think on the men's side, I think, I think on the women's side, and Vic Schaefer knows what he's getting into yes. going into that league. Women's on the, side for sure. On the women's side, you're taking a step up in competition. Again, yeah. that's no knock on the Big Twelve. Daily man, yeah, it was South Carolina. Uh, you know, Tennessee always is gonna be. I mean, go go through and look at the really good teams in that conference on both sides. LSU with Kim Mulkey. Uh, some really, really good women's basketball teams in that league, and you know, I think for the men, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get the A and M series back. You you'll get Arkansas back. Those will be good games. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that LSU program post Will Wade and everything they're trying to clean up. We'll see what happens. You know, if Cal can get things turned around in Kentucky, whatever the case is. Uh, you know, there will be some good matches with the two sports. Obviously, everybody's excited about football, but man, baseball. If you're telling me, man. Your your conference slate could potentially include, you know, Mississippi State or Ole Miss or Tennessee. Just go down the list of the really good LSU, Arkansas. Go down the list of really top tier baseball yeah. programs in that league. I'm really excited for what it's going to do for baseball. I, it's one of those days as we're talking about this. I really wish we had the Specs text line, but unfortunately we don't. We don't have text line. We don't have phones, so I can't get Arkansas fans calling in, texting in, giving me grief for the Aggies texting in with their opinion or. Baylor, Texas Tech fans texting in, telling me how wrong I am. 
Uh, I do kind of miss that. Hopefully we get back to normal at some point here in the very near future. But that's kind of where things stand on uh, the conference realignment front, at least for from the standpoint of Texas and Oklahoma going into the SEC. We'll get to some more team uh, winter workout nuggets uh, next hour. Also get to what Cameron, quite frankly, is being labeled as the Quinn Ewers bill being proposed in the state legislature. That's mm. and we'll we'll get into that too in our flex update because that definitely pertains more to the uh the high school front in this state as opposed to the uh, the collegiate front. So we'll get to that coming up next hour, but we've got to close out hour number 1 and we'll do that on the other side with a little inconceivable here on Light the Tower on the Horn live local and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Thanks. Craig Way and Jeff Howe Light the Tower. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable! Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Man, I'm telling you, this, like... Still out of breath? Sinus stuff I got. No, man, it's just the sinus stuff. Like, I feel like I'm on the verge of a sneeze. Like, I did that whole last segment and feel like I am right now. Um, You're fighting through it just like Craig was fighting through a, a yeah, Craig, burst, burst Craig, of sack last Craig, night. Craig's sack was her injured the other day, but uh, he's powering through it. I'm powering through this. Cam, let's get to this in Inconceivable, man. You know what? I'm going to save this story uh, for last because it's a hell of a way to end an hour. Uh, a, a wild, not a wild cat, but a wild cat that's native to Africa was recently found and rescued from a live trap in Missouri after a farmer emailed a tip to a wildlife sanctuary that specializes in big cat care. Was it from the Dallas Zoo? It was not from the oh, Dallas Zoo. Wow. Dallas Zoo got their stuff together. The mon- Did you hear that? That the monkeys yeah. been, were found and returned? So In a closet. Props to the Dallas they Zoo. They were found in a closet. In an that, abandoned home in the closet or something. I know uh, the Dallas Zoo hadn't been able to get their ass together lately, but they did, and they found the monkeys, and the monkeys have been returned. A Turpentine Creek Wildlife Refuge in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, responded to the emergency rescue email and retrieved. Uh, it just says this story just says retrieved an African several that had been living. Just what a typo that is. Several that have been living in the forested area in Ava, Missouri, which is a small rural city in the Ozark Mountains. Uh, in a press release issued on Friday, January 20th, the sanctuary revealed that locals had spotted the sub-Saharan cat passing through the area in BFE, Missouri, uh, in the last half of the year, but they didn't know it was an exotic animal. Uh, servals are considered <laughs> medium-sized carnivorous wild cats that usually live in savannah habitats, according to the African Wildlife Foundation. The species is said to be native to more than 35 African countries, and wildlife experts currently recognize 19 subspecies. So basically, Cam, what it amounts to is this cat that's native to Africa is walking around BFE, Missouri, and when they trapped it, they realized what they had. They called an animal sanctuary in Arkansas, and I think all's well with the cat. So Poor thing goes from Africa to a timeshare in Branson, Missouri. That is a seedy underworld that honestly, like... I want to know more about it, but I don't want to know more about it. Is the exotic pet trade? Yeah, like the black market for exotic pets. Were you a fan of Tiger King? You know, uh, I described Tiger King as two dogs getting after it on the side of the road. 
like you don't want to watch it but after a while you're just like well i'm like pot committed at this point i might as well just not look away it's just like a car accident whatever analogy kind of have to use. that's how i feel about euphoria you watch euphoria hbo show i don't i think you would probably no. hate it i hate myself for watching it but it's it's kind of the same oh, thing for real yeah. i felt that way after i watched you ever seen requiem for a dream it's a movie about heroin abuse I felt that way after I watched Requiem for a Dream. I'm like, why did why did I subject myself to this? I think it's on my list, but now I'll just take it off. Well, I don't know. You might feel differently about it than I did. It was just it was just strange. And I was like, man, I. It's one of those movies that when it gets to the end, like there is no happy ending. Yeah. And you're like, I don't feel better about myself or society after watching this movie. Is that same thing like Dallas Buyers Club with McConaughey and I still Leto. haven't seen that. Good film. But I think it's the same way. You finish watching it and you're just like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> Is the sun out? Yeah, dude, it's 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 rough. All right. So Cameron, what's the wor- what's the weirdest thing you think you could find in a gas station parking lot? <laughs> in a gas station parking lot? Yeah, like you roll up like you're you're down around campus, right? Like you roll up, let's say you roll up to the seven eleven right there on the corner of a Guadalupe and MLK. There's probably some used wrappers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you think that'd be the weird? You would anticipate that being the weirdest thing you'd find in a parking lot? I would think so. Okay. How's this grab you? Grab may be the uh, wrong word to use there. A severed human penis discovered in an Alabama gas station parking lot is believed to have belonged to a motorcyclist who died in a traffic accident early Monday, authorities said. The fatal accident happened around 6 a.m. Monday in the eastbound lanes of I-10 between I-65 and Dauphin Island Parkway near Mobile. The Mobile Police Department confirmed to Fox News Digital, quote, The deceased was riding a motorcycle and lost control and fell off, a police spokesperson said. Unfortunately, multiple vehicles struck him. The appendage located at the gas station is not related to a murder or an assault, end quote according to the spokesperson. The police said the victim, whom they identified as 29-year-old Christopher Means, was found in the middle lane of eastbound I-10. Responding officers pronounced him dead at the scene. Police said only one vehicle remained at the scene and that officers are searching for the drivers of the other vehicles. At some point, a gas station worker reportedly discovered the human sex organ in the parking lot near Navco Road and McVeigh Drive. While police did not detail how the appendage arrived at the gas station, local reports say the surveillance video appeared to show it. How do you think this is going to end, Cameron? How do you think the dude's unit, the dead gentleman's unit, got into the parking lot? Uh, what did the surveillance video appear to show? We got like an immaculate reception type of situation here. It appeared to show it fall from a truck that had stopped to get fuel. Come on, man. That is... Come on. Um, we've gone through... Police said the investigation is ongoing. Um, There's a lot of bad ways in this world to go out. Going out, being run over multiple times, and having your unit hang into the back of a big rig when they stop and it falls off in the parking lot when they stop for gas. So it- that, may, that may be... That may be like the... The 2005 Texas of horrible ways to die. You know what I mean? Like, it's very right there at the yeah. top. So he was hit outside the gas station. Mm-hmm. And the, the truck pulled. Man, 
the unit got attached to the truck. Truck stops for gas. Unit falls off in the parking lot. Don't even know what else Don't, to say. Yeah, you can't that's, really follow anything up with that story, right? Do you have another one? No, that's it. That's how I wanted to end today. That's how I wanted to end this segment. I hope whenever my time on this earth comes to an end that all my appendages are yeah. attached. It's not falling out of a... It's not It's not hung in the back of a truck. Dodge Ram. Yeah. Just, I thought Big Rig, but maybe just, you know, your standard <laughs> putting extended... A, putting a new meaning to Big Rig. Your standard extended cab pickup. There you go. Good job, Cam C. You're learning. You're picking up fast. Hour number one is done. Hour number two coming up next here at Light the Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.